everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And today with me, I have a 15-time best-selling author, and the CEO of Brody Consulting Group. They have an awesome product palette. So let's just get to it. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Eric, how are you? Great. We're having a thunderstorm in Germany right now. So you brought the thunder. It's what I can do here in Texas. <laughs> how, how is it in Texas? Not too bad. You know, we've had a heat wave the last few weeks, but uh, it was oh. nice 76 degrees yesterday. A little wow. bit warmer today, but much better than being in the hundreds. So I can't complain. Yeah, so what, what, what were the temperatures peaking at in the heat wave in Texas? Well, we typically look at the heat index. So it's not just the actual temperature, it's how it feels. And exactly. Being between about 107 and 110, so it's been pretty hot. Yummy, yummy. Sounds good. <laughs> we, it's funny, we've been having a heat wave in Germany too. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so last time we were talking about going full-time author. How do you do it? How do you change your side hustle into a full-time dream, leaving your day job, all of that kind of stuff. And, and uh, many roads lead to Rome. So, so which one do you like best? Maybe give us the bird's eye view first. Well, I think the main thing is you have to have a product that's going to be sustainable. And the only way that you're going to know that is by testing it out. I mean, if you're looking to write a bunch of books and think you're going to live off the royalties, then you're going to be in for disappointment, just being direct, because the, it gives you the credibility on the front end. Royalties are great, but it cannot sustain you to pay a mortgage, take care of family and everything else. So the main thing you have to have is a product that's attached to it. And our product that we are able to change from the side hustle to a full-time gig was our coaching. And then that further evolved into our done for you book publishing services, book launch marketing services, and executive ghostwriting that all evolved as we continue to do it. So I think the main thing is having a sustainable product and also not being afraid to pivot. Because I think that's the biggest thing. I left my teaching position a little over two years ago mm -hmm. where I focused on coaching people full time. And then what happened was there was a huge pivot involved because I started working with more and more business owners and the realization was they did not want to be coached. They didn't want to learn through a group program. They didn't want to learn through executive coaching for the most part. They wanted our company to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And that's how we pivoted. We expanded into our done-for-you services with our publishing, book launch, and executive ghostwriting. And the reason I bring this up is you have to listen to your audience. You have to listen to your clients. And yeah. you can't be afraid to pivot to make a move. Because when we did that, it was completely life-changing for a business. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, 
I, I was kind of in the same situation, but then I realized I was just making another full-time job for myself. So how can you kind of safeguard against that? Well, the main thing is you have to be able to have systems and processes. That's one of the biggest things. With publishing, we've been able to develop a system. We've been able to grow a great team of editors and formatters, book cover designers, where we're able to build that team so it's not just one person doing all the work. You have a team that you can trust to take care of the editing side. You have somebody you can trust to take care of the formatting side and the book cover design. So I think the main thing is to develop a, a system and also to have a great group of people that you can work and grow with. The people that I've had on my team, I've had for four years. Mm -hmm. And it really does make a difference when you can build those relationships, have people that you can trust and more importantly know that the job is going to be done and done correctly yeah 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 so this is a really big big topic we're talking about building teams and systems and for somebody who's still in the trenches just starting out with their side hustle what does that look like i mean they just don't go build a team you know or can you give us maybe a breakdown yeah, so the main <laughs> thing is, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lifetime to become an overnight success. And I think one of the biggest things that you have to realize is it really is baby steps. With us, it started with coaching a couple of clients one-on-one. And mm -hmm. then it built to having more and more clients to the point where it was sustainable over a year and a half. It took a year and a half to really make the business sustainable that I could leave that $60,000 a year teaching position to be able to focus on this. And the other thing is too, is making sure that you have a reserve built up. We had around $30,000 built up, which was my FU money, which was yeah. my forget you money. Of course, we would say anything else, but our forget you money was we needed about 30,000, essentially enough to last at least five to six months. And we're able to do that, put everything together, and it worked. Now, was it a little bit scary? Of course it was. I got a mortgage and a family to take care of. So yeah. Yeah. you take a risk, but the thing is, what happens if you don't take that risk? What happens if you are not afraid to take the plunge? You're going to live with regret. And the last thing I wanted to do was to teach for another 20 years <laughs> and just be full of regret because at that time, I believe I was around 42 and I didn't want to have those type of regrets. You know, I've had health issues in the past, other issues. I did not want to leave anything on the table because I think the biggest thing that we have to deal with in life is dealing with regret. What if? And that is a question I never want to answer. And that is what if? Once we all know that I've gone out there and done everything possible to make my own dreams come true, but most importantly, be able to help other people in their journeys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a big one. Uh, that really resonates with me too. That's what, kind of what motivated me also to get on the ball. But there's a time there when um, you're doing both. You're doing your side hustle and your, your whatever, normal job, your day job. And then the time starts conflicting. You don't have enough time for one or the other. Uh, how did that pan out with you? How do you handle that? With what we did was near the end of the teaching gig, I was getting more and more people into a group coaching program. Mm -hmm. And that really helped where I, I created 10 video modules and it's now evolved into our book publishing implementation program. So it's for people that want to learn the process, 
and are willing to follow the modules, follow the steps in there, it's an easy thing for them to do. Mm -hmm. So that was basically a one-to-many program we created. We limited our executive coaching where we tripled our prices and we only took on five clients every three months. Hmm. So it's one of those things where, again, you have to pivot and you also have to know your worth. When we started out, we weren't charging that much for coaching. And we realized the value that we're given here is exponential. So we kept raising our prices. And what we found was people didn't have any problem paying those additional fees because they knew the value that they were getting. But I think that's the other thing too, is you have to know your value and you have to know it constantly. It's almost like checking your bank balance. You need to check your value every day and realize the value that you're giving to your clients, how you're helping them and realize, okay, I am undercharging on this. So don't be afraid to charge more and don't be afraid to make take or leave it offers where you go, Hey, this is what I can do. This is the price point. The payment is expected at this point. If you can't do it, let me know. And we'll have to go in a different direction. So it's one of those things where you have to develop um, a little bit of gusto, so to speak. You can't be scared to mm -hmm. set those expectations because if someone wants to work with you bad enough, they're going to make it work. And yeah. the biggest thing is as an owner, as a business owner, you have to know your value and you have to know it constantly. It's almost like the stock market. You have to know yeah. when it's up and when it's dropping a little bit. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, um, so how do you gauge that? You look at other competitors' prices or how do you do that? You look at the value. You look at what you're charging. You're looking at the services that you're providing. Because obviously when you get started, you're not going to be charging thousands of dollars. When yeah. we started, we charged a few hundred. And unfortunately with that, you also got those type of clients that were yeah. <laughs> ours and you have to set those expectations. And that's when we pivoted more over the years to our business owners, the people that are wanting to utilize their book as their business card, as that um, foundation of their business platform where, okay, they get it. They get the value. They realize that they get a couple of clients out of this. They have more than paid for their investment in their launch. Yeah. And it's just showing people really how to pivot the book. And the fact is, we've now done this for four years. So when we talk about a proven system, it's not a tagline. It's a spoiler where we know exactly what we're doing as long as you are willing to trust our process and mm -hmm. follow what we want you to do, then they're going to be successful because we've had that going on for four years now. We've taken every one of our clients to be a best-selling author. And that main part of that is credibility. That's yeah. the main thing. You're not going to make a million dollars being a best-selling author, but it's going to give you that credibility where you can leverage that with your backend offer, offers. When you are networking, when you're meeting with people, and you have that line that you are a best-selling author, it does give you credibility. And quite frankly, I feel that it buys you at least five to 10 years of experience in your field, especially if you are in the startup phase. Having that book gives you all the credibility in the world. And why is that? Because you wrote a book. And what's the root <laughs> of authority? Author. Yeah, and cool. that's why I always say authority and credibility. And that's what this does. And it's just really showing people how to leverage that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how was it then when you were just building it up and like I said, making the transition and how was it when you hired your first person? Scary. <laughs> were you still doing both jobs? And then when you hired on somebody? Yeah, so I've had my team for years. Um, they just work more and more with me, where we had more and more projects. They were freelancers, and we were able to bring them more involved in the process. I also headed up someone a year after that to head up my operations. That made my job a little easier, where I could just focus on 
the podcast that we do. I could focus on taking care of our clients, but knowing that my team had everything else covered. And I think that's one of the most important things is as a business owner, you have to be the one that's the face of the company. It's not just the business, it's your brand as well. And your brand is the person that you are, the core values and the yeah. type of person. So you better hire a strong team that holds those same values. And that means if something isn't right with the book, then you're fixing it and you're fixing it as possible and going, hey, yeah, there was an issue here. This is what we did to fix it. Let me know if this works because you're not always going to have happy clients. Hmm. We're lucky. 95% of our clients are amazing, but we have that occasional client that's just a world pain. And typically, <laughs> we try to pre-screen those out. Yeah. But um, you know, we've had one in particular I mentioned that's just been a world pain the last few months. Um, you know, he didn't do the editing he was supposed to do, and then he tried to basically blame that on us. And I'm going, listen, <laughs> we have a process with this. You understand, and this is how it's going to go. So it took a lot of very direct and clear conversations, and you're going to get the occasional rough client. But the thing is, you got to focus on the 95% of clients that are amazing that are going to implement what you want them to do and realize, okay, this, this guy and his team, they know what they're doing. They've done this for four years. We are going to trust the process. And again, 95% of our clients are like that. But you also have to prepare yourself for that occasional nightmare type of client because it's never going to be perfect. And I think that's one of the biggest things you have to realize. It's just like anything else. You're going to have amazing people that you work with. You're going to have amazing clients. And then you're also going to, on occasion, get that one person that you wish you never saw again. It's, <laughs> it's realistic and just being honest. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, that sounds like a lot to, to chew on. What else do you do before you make the big leap or uh, to prepare before you, yeah, before you go full-time and give up the day job? The main thing is money. You have to make sure that you've got enough to last at least five to six months, making sure that you do have a significant amount in reserve. Don't leave that job if you don't have any money with you because you are going to need reserves and you are going to hit lulls. I will tell you in publishing, what I've learned is we typically hit a lull in the summer. And why is that? Because people are on vacation. People are enjoying their summer. And you have to be able to prepare for those things. And you might not necessarily realize that at first. So it's one of those things is you need to understand your industry. You need to understand the peak times. And most importantly, you need to understand the slow times. So you do have money in reserve that you don't have, you don't have to worry about going under. Because I think that's the biggest thing is fear and fear of failure. So I think the number one thing is you have to have money in reserve. And clearly, you have to have a great product. You have to have something that has been proven that you can sell to people. But most importantly, it's going to help them and it's going to give value. And yeah. once you have those two things together, then you can take the leap. But again, the one thing I want to emphasize is you do not leave your, your position, your job, unless you have a significant money amount of money in reserve, because that's the last thing you want to do is go under. <laughs> yeah. 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 Does, um, I'm total beginner question. Do, uh, is that like being then self-employed? Do you have, um, unemployment insurance? Cause there's all sorts of things that just pop up that people didn't think about before going full-time self-employed. Right. Every country is going to be different and everyone has different rules. So yeah. the main thing I say is look it up, see the different things you have to look at. Yeah. But the main thing is 
don't be afraid to take the plunge. Make sure you have money in reserve and make sure you have something of value that you've already proven that you can sell to. And then as long as you have those things, you're going to be in pretty good shape. But also be prepared for the lulls. Find out in your industry what are the peak times of the year and what are the slow times. And for us, the peak times are always around the holidays, January, February, because that's when people are wanting to make those changes. And yeah. that goes into March and April and May. But then you hit the lulls in June, July, August. And then it ramp, starts to ramp up again in September, October, and November, and December. So it's just understanding your industry, understanding the lulls, understanding the peak times. I mean, it's just marketing 101, right? Yeah, yeah. Target market and when it's going to peak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's why we're here, 101. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um, I, I don't know who it was, Tim Ferriss or something. But did, when, before you do this, do you have a freedom number or something like that or a specific monthly income or like you said, uh, five to six month reserve income or anything else like that, like a freedom number? Yeah. So five to six months, we had 30,000 that we had set aside. Once we hit that number, yeah. I knew we could make it work. And, and we have. Here we are almost two and a half years into it now. We've made it work, but um, you need to have those reserves yeah. because things are going to come up. Curveballs are going to happen, yeah. and you have to be prepared for those. And the best way to do that is making sure you do have money in reserve mm -hmm. because um, it is a risk. Anytime you're opening a new business, it is a risk because, let's face it, most businesses, they fail. Yeah. There are businesses that stay afloat, but a lot of the time, mm -hmm. a lot of businesses do go under. And the main reason is they weren't prepared. Yeah. And you need to be prepared financially. You need to be prepared business-wise. You have a business plan. You need to have a solid game plan going forward, figuring out exactly how you're going to help. And it needs to be an industry that's sustainable. Hmm. I think that's one of the most important things because books, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah. It's a great market. And uh, uh, so did you have any um, close calls or uh, problems when you were still working? And uh, did you were did you have to run both parallel for a long time? So we did it for almost two years. I wrote my oh, first wow. book back in summer 2015. And then what happened was wrote the second book, then the third book became bestsellers. And then I started having people reaching out to me going, hey, mm -hmm. could you help me with my book? Could you help me get my book published? Could you help me with the marketing? And that's when we work with clients directly for a year and a half. So yeah. during the day, I was teaching. Yep. Up at six o'clock in the morning. I was a special needs teacher. I was typically home by about three thirty in the afternoon. From that point, grab an early dinner, mm -hmm. and then if I had clients to coach that night, we did that. And if we were writing another book, we were doing that as well. So it's one of those things where you do have to budget your time. But yeah. when I was teaching, usually my day started at six a.m. and they ended at ten p.m. at night between both the both the jobs. And that's, that's the other thing too is. One of the great things this does, it really does develop your work ethic and it mm -hmm. teaches you to work hard, but also to work smart. And mm -hmm. if it's something that you're willing to work for, then you can turn it into from a side hustle to a full-time business very easily. Cool. Yeah. Sound that busy schedule, huh? So you, you, you were there for over a year doing both and uh, that's, that's some hardcore stuff there. Yeah. It, it is, but that's how you turn a side hustle into a full-time business. Yep. You have to be all in and you have to be able to put the work in. And that's one of the biggest things is it, as I mentioned earlier, it takes a lifetime to become an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just come. I mean, yeah. this whole get rich quick schemes and all that stuff. Yeah. 
it doesn't work. What yeah. works is getting out there, busting your tail, helping other people, providing value. And as long as you're doing that, everything else will take care of itself, but it takes time. It does mm -hmm. not happen overnight. We're in year four now. And this is the year that we've really taken things to the next level because of those first three years of building the foundation, building the awesome. platform, both locally and across the world through our services, through our books, mm -hmm. and also through our podcast. That's a great idea for the next part podcast, scaling it up, the next steps, you know, but um, right now we're still in the trenches. So, <laughs> right. so um, what is the number one thing to measure? In regards to? Well, let's say the, the person still in the trenches trying to go full time and leave the day job. So maybe, you know, some people would be some for some people would be page count for other people would be profit. Uh, so you're, you're ma mainly into nonfiction books, right? And then you, you, you broadened your product palette out to coaching and, and uh, several other things. So, uh, what was the most important thing to measure? What was the one metric? Cause, cause you could just, you know, you can just, uh, kill yourself with all of these metrics and analytics and, and, uh, click through rates and conversion or, you know, traffic to the website. So what's the one metric that stands out for you the most? Client revenue. Yeah. Very yeah. simple client yeah. revenue. Cause that's what brings in the money. As I mentioned before, the front end's fine. The royalties are nice, but the real money and life-changing money is what you offer on the back end. And yeah. at the point with us, it was coaching. So it was those metrics. And when those metrics got to the point where I was making more money coaching than mm -hmm. I was teaching, then I knew at that point that was mm -hmm. the right direction to go in. But you, you have to make sure that that side hustle is grown to the point of your full-time position. And mm -hmm. once it's taken that growth and you can see that it's sustainable, then you can make the move. Yeah, that's a good one. Can you repeat that again? Yeah, the main thing is client revenue. And when that revenue exceeds what you're currently making in your full-time position, then you know this is sustainable. And that's when you can start planning out that freedom money. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's the summary right there. Okay, we're done. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. So um, real quick, uh, what else should we watch out for? What, any other pitfalls you got to watch out for? Anything come to mind? Staffing can be a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. Be careful who you hire. Mm -hmm. And if you've got some people on commission, make sure they don't get too greedy. Um, mm -hmm. It's a fortunate side of things, mm -hmm. but um, greed can be an issue. Again, it really depends on who you hire. I've been very fortunate, hired a lot of great people, but on occasion there have been people that um, didn't feel like they were appreciated enough, or didn't feel like you're making enough money. And I'm going, do you not see the big picture of this? Yeah. And so sometimes people will get caught up in that. So you just have to look at that because as I mentioned, most of the time things are gonna go very smoothly, but on the other end, you might have an employee that you have to let go of. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things where you have to prepare for that. Yeah, that's a, there's a fine art of hiring people, but I've heard firing is even worse. Could you, could you tell us about that or not allowed? No, I mean, it's just, it's a process. And what you have to realize is when uh, you see that things aren't working, hmm. you, you make a couple moves and you see what you can fix.
And if you can't fix it, then you have to move on. And it's just one of those things. And most of the time it's usually mutually beneficial where you're going, Hey, this is a direction. I just don't see this being a fit anymore. And then you just have to, um, you have to make the move. And again, it's what I talked about earlier. You have, you can't be afraid to pivot when you see an opportunity. Can't be afraid to make that pivot. Like we did what I've done for you services. Same thing with employees. Uh, sometimes you have to pivot and you have to make moves. Yeah. I don't and know if I ever, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say that. It's just a side of business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever asked you, are you ex-military? No, no, but I love working with the military. <laughs> they are some of my all-time favorite clients. Yeah. No BS, straight to the point. Very much my style. I have yeah, exactly. gotten along well with the military. Yeah, you sound like it. I was saying, hmm, you sound like some guy from the military. <laughs> Excellent. The there you go. There you go. I'm going to have to move there someday. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Okay. So now back to the, the nitty gritty, you were talking about it. And of course, I know everybody's ears are pricking up out there in, in author land. Tell us about your system for publishing books. If you can, you don't have to give us too many spoilers or too much proprietary information, but tell us about your system. Well, it's essentially what we talked about. So what we like to do is have everything systemized as possible. When we start working with a client, first thing we want to do is get the manuscript. We're going to send it over to Editing for a few weeks. They're going to clean everything up, send it back, and then the client will have a couple of weeks to review it. We do the strike-through system where basically the client goes through the entire draft again, and they have to accept every single edit or they have to reject every edit. And the reason we do that is skin in the game. We want to make sure that they're fully committed. As I mentioned to you, that one client that's been a bit of a pain, he mm -hmm. wasn't willing to put in that commitment. But 95% of our clients are. And when they do that, they have skin in the game. They see the process. They go through everything. They send it back to us. We then move on to formatting. We go to formatting, then send it back to the client. We want them to review it one more time. And then we're also going to work on the book cover design from that point. And the reason I lay that all out that way yep. is because we talk about a proven system. So you want to have a system for publishing. And then you also want to have a system for marketing. Obviously, I'm doing a high-level overview of this where we're covering the three areas that typically take anywhere from two to three months. Yeah. But that is our system. That is how we lay it out for the publishing side. And then the marketing side, when we put it up on Amazon, at that point, we're doing a marketing launch. So we have a book launch system that we've utilized now for four years, over 20 different book promo companies. We stack mm -hmm. different promos on different days. And this is all about the Kindle side of the launch. So yeah. we have it on free for typically four to five days. And then we have it available for 99 cents for a few days. And then from that point, we take it back up to the main price. But during that launch, we utilize different promos for different days. And it's a process that I don't want to say that we perfected, but um, we've got it down. And it's something that we've done now for over four years, started my own books and the same now for all of our clients' books. And then we've added a few other things to that. So obviously with that system, we're going to be able to get our clients to them one bestseller We've done it every time. That's not the challenging part. What mm -hmm. we also want to do is to get our clients on different podcasts. We want to get them to have that tra traditional press release that we offer as well so they can share that for additional credibility and just to keep building those relationships. So I have on my podcast, there's a few other podcasts we have relationships with. Eric, you're a good example of that. I know I've yeah. sent a few clients your way that you've had some good conversations with. Yep. And it's, it's one of those things where we want them to have a full 
experience where, yes, you're getting the power of our company behind your launch. Yes, you're becoming a best-selling author, but you're also getting to be on podcasts. You're also getting mm -hmm. the traditional press release. And then we're also helping you create a book lunch party or a book signing event where you really get to see all different sides of this. And most importantly, you get to see all the different ways that you can monetize your book. Because it's not just about the online side of it. It's about having that paperback copy and also having a crystal clear offer inside of the book, whether that's mm -hmm. coaching, consulting, speaking, um, a certain product. I mean, as I mentioned before, we like to refer to a book launch as a product launch. We wanna make sure that you have a product with this book so that you can recoup your money as soon as possible. And the other thing that we're doing with that is speaking at different organizations, different clubs. I'm a big believer in speaking at rotary clubs and speaking at chamber of commerce events. Yeah. where you're doing that stuff locally, but then you're building relationships with people after the events where you're meeting with them. You're having one-on-ones yeah. -on if they're interested. And then you go, hey, you know, I have a, a great experience talking with you. Here is an autographed paperback copy of my book. My phone number's on here. Whenever you're ready, give me a call. I can't wait to start working with you. And it's teaching our clients how to do that consistently mm -hmm. and then utilizing that book to build relationships. Because when you are networking at events, usually you're passing out business cards. Eric, what happens to most business cards when you get home? <laughs> you know what I do with them. You know, they go, file 13. Yeah, straight to the shredder. Yeah. Now, if you actually have a book and draft personalized copy to that prospective person, it's not getting thrown out. It's either going to get put on the bookshelf, on a table, on a, you know, could be on the person's desk. They're going to be able to have that book with them because one, how often do you get an autographed paper copy of a book from an author? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not very often. Not, yeah. They're, they're going to appreciate that. It's going to yeah. be, you know, I'm not going to say it's treasured because you never know, but it's going to be in the place of prominence. And when they're ready, they're going to give you a call. Now, why can I say it? How can I say that? Because that's what we have now done for four years. It works. It's what we teach our clients. It works. Yeah, and cool. it's just making sure that they are crystal clear with their offer. Because as I mentioned, you can make a you know, fairly decent amount of money on the front end with royalties, nice little amount. But you make the life-changing money on the back end. Yep. And that is how you truly utilize your book is by connecting with the, with the reader and with the prospective client. And the main thing we do is show people how to do that. Awesome. You make the life-changing money on the back end. I'm writing that down. It's the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I heard that book signings don't yield much. And uh, so what's your favorite, I mean, you, you're, you're doing a lot of, you're doing a lot there, you're doing podcasts, uh, Rotary Clubs, and uh, the book promo sites, and, and book signings. Uh, so what's, what's your favorite? I like it all. Um, yeah. I'm a really big believer in having more than one. I don't, I don't like the concept of putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Facebook's a good example. Facebook yeah. advertising was all the rage for years. And I actually spent probably five figures of my own money on Facebook advertising. <laughs> but what happened last year? All the yeah. identity issues, all the issues with the cookies, with the security. Yeah. And now it's um, not doing too well. <laughs> and that's one of my biggest beliefs is you have to have marketing everywhere. It really is almost taking a guerrilla marketing approach where you utilize unique marketing everywhere. And that's why I believe in talking at Rotary Clubs. 
going to chamber of commerce events, being a, on, being a guest on podcasts, hosting your own podcast, having your books out there, giving away a couple of your books for free, which I know you're, you're also a big believer in the perma-free strategy as well. Oh yeah. So it's those things where you have to utilize multiple areas. And then the nice thing is you're opening up little areas of revenue all over the place and then they're all coming back to you. So if Facebook advertising does go out, if Google AdWords aren't profitable, mm-hmm. then you have other areas in which you can bring clients into. And yeah. that's why I'm a big fan of just having it everywhere. One of our projects this fall is going to be to have our first virtual summit. So oh. I'm looking forward to doing that. And that's going to be an additional opportunity where we can bring on great speakers, give a lot of value to our readership. And then for that opportunity, if you want to connect further, they'll have that opportunity to do so. Yeah, let me know about that. I'll promote you. <laughs> well, it's uh, I will say this. It's definitely a project. It feels very similar to um, starting your own podcast. Yeah. Where it's a lot of similar things, but um, looking forward to the project. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And my goal is actually to make it a yearly event. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is start in 2020. Mm-hmm. I want to do the summits in the summer. So when it's mm-hmm. kind of those better time of years, then we can get in there and have a summit and potentially build some relationships. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, but I, I heard you got the AppSumo stuff, the AppSumo deal for that. Yeah, we were actually talking that on the last show. So exactly, I'm looking forward yeah. to testing that all out. I actually have a buddy of mine. He was on the podcast about a month ago, and mm-hmm. he's in the process of going through all that stuff right now through AppSumo. And I think it's called Hey Summit, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's actually utilizing that. We have another guest on the show that did his own virtual summit a few years back, and he was swearing by it. So I'm like, hey, that's the next evolution. And that's yep. the other thing, too, is we talked about not being afraid to pivot. It's the same thing. When you see an opportunity like a virtual summit, then go for it. Go out there, be the host, make connections, build relationships. It's a, it's a fun thing to try out. Now, mm-hmm. is every single thing going to be successful? No. But it's one of those things where you keep adding more and more things into the wheelhouse, then you really do see how everything evolves. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want, want to run yourself too thin, right? Well, and that's what I'm saying. In future, I want to do it at more of the better times of year where it's one of those things where things slow down a bit, but then we can utilize this to wind up. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I'd like to get another technical question out of you. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Launch strategies. You're you're doing uh, the the free launch period or KDP Select. Is that to get reviews or tell me about that? No, it's, it's all about downloads because oh, okay. one of the things I've realized is when I'm reading books on Kindle, I don't care if I've got them at free. I don't care if I've got them at 99 cents. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I got them at $10. If the book's of interest and it gets my attention, I'm going to read it. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that I've realized. So when doing the free side of the launch, all I want to do, Eric, is to get that book into as many hands as possible. Yeah. I've seen that myself. When I heard my business coach a couple of years ago, it was from reading a free version of his Kindle book. Hmm. So it's one of those things where if it connects with you, the price points are relevant. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing is to connect. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm writing that down too. the quote from five minutes ago. <laughs> well, the main point it, of your book is to connect, right? Yeah. And that's just the point I was going to make there. It is all about connection. Because especially in technology now, where you've got these millennials and 
you know, some of these younger generation, all they do is stare at a phone all day. So <laughs> how do you connect with them? Well, yeah. you start connecting with a book. Then you connect with them in person because people need that face-to-face. They need to be able to connect yeah. with other people because I truly believe our world is still about connection. Yes, I believe in convergence and technology and how it's, I mean, look at this example. Here I am talking to you in Texas. Yeah. It's 3.40 in the afternoon. I think it's either 9.40 or 10.40 in Germany for you. And yet we're able to have this conversation from halfway across the world. It's, it's awesome, awesome, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was looking at my website statistics and analytics, and I'm getting a lot more people from Africa and Pakistan. And, you know, they say Africa is the next frontier. It's going to blow up with, you know, just the market. It's opening up. And so I'm thinking about, you know, how to hit all my fans in Nigeria and, and elsewhere. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think uh, books are here to stay for sure. And I think it's just going to get more and more and more. Well, that's one of the things I talk about when I'm speaking at the Rotary Clubs, because several of the clubs that I go to, it's an older generation. You have Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are over 60 years old, over 70, even over 80. And one of the things I talk to them about, because for them, it's not about building a business. They've already built a business. They're in retirement. They're enjoying life. So one of the main things I mentioned to them is it's also about leaving your legacy. And Mm -hmm. having that book's one of the best ways to do it, because Amazon's going to be here a long time after I'm gone and yeah. a long time after you're gone. Yeah. So it's, I'm older than you. I'll thing. probably go first. Hey, well, I'm saying is it's a great <laughs> thing to, um, yeah. to leave a legacy yeah. and to be able to leave what you've learned with the next generation for your family, for your kids, for your friends, and also for other people that you want to help and for the generations. I, so the way I look at it, it's almost like it buys you a little bit of immortality. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. You know, uh, I actually have that on my website in my about section. It's about your legacy. And yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, do it on purpose too, you know, because it resonates with some people and doesn't with others. And those are the ones you don't want, right? So, <laughs> all right. You've been mentioning podcasts too. So this is my new favorite subject. Uh, why do you or why should you podcast? I think we just talked about it. Connection. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing. You're able to connect with guests. You're able to build relationships. Mm-hmm. We've been able to add clients through the podcast. I mean, we've added six figures alone just in the past year from our clientele. And nice. some were guests on the show or they were referrals. I'll give you an example. We had one lady refer us to four clients in excess of, in the end of the day, it was right around $30,000. So it's just amazing the power of one interview and most importantly, building a connection with someone. And also they realize that you're legit. They realize, okay, yeah, this guy does care. He does want to truly help people. So yeah, we've got some people here that they need some help. Let's make the connection. And I think that's the most important thing. It's referrals, it's relationships, and it's, um, it's building strategic partnerships. That's one of the other areas I'm a big believer in is having strategic partners. I've got partners from around the world. In fact, a great example was when I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago for a national convention, and one of my guests is actually, um, he's a ghostwriter, and he's based in Atlanta. He came by the hotel, we hung out, had a couple of drinks, had a great conversation, and we were able to further that strategic partnership where I'm gonna help his clients with some of the marketing, and then you know just keep building those relationships 
And it's just funny how those things work because you could literally go now to anywhere in the world. There's probably a podcast guest that I've had the opportunity to interview and someone I could connect with while I'm over there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. I know you have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Uh, more of it. That, that's why I started my podcast too, for the networking and probably the smartest thing I ever did. And, yeah. um, but not, not, enough about me. How about you, my friend? What is the biggest thing you've learned from podcasting? Really, it's just all about connection. I yep. think that's the most important thing. I, I don't know. We, we keep talking about that. Well, but it really is. It's connecting, but it's learning. So yeah. I have a bachelor's degree in business, mm -hmm. a master's degree in teaching. And I truly will say this. Thanks to the podcast, I feel I have a PhD in publishing. Because I have learned so many things from our guests. Yesterday, we recorded our 388th episode. So wow. we're approaching 400 that we'll probably hit in the next couple of weeks. Nice. And the reason I bring this up is because every guest has brought up something different. And when we did our book launch for our 75-person business book last month, I used a lot of strategies that were given to me by our guests to host this epic book lunch party at an entertainment district called Texas Live. And we had over 100 people there celebrating our book launch and celebrating our authors. And we had an author panel and we have giveaways and all this great stuff. But these were all things that I learned from guests on the show. Yeah. So, yes, I'm a publisher, but you know what? I can always learn. And I've learned a lot of great things from our guests. Press releases, learn that. Get on different podcasts, learn that. So yeah. truly believe that the podcast has given me personally a PhD in publishing. <laughs> cool. PhD in publishing like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Writing that down. PhD in publishing. There we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I can only just, uh, what do you call that? Uh, echo what you said. It's been a great experience for me. And what do you call it? Uh, an upward spiral. Um, once you get it going, the deal flow gets going and it's just, yeah, positive reinforcement all around. So yeah, here, here. Well, and I'd say this too. I, I also think it's having the servant mindset too and having a servant attitude. One thing I ask every single guest at the end of our conversation is, so how can I help you? Yeah. It's not about me. It's about how I can provide value and how I can help them. And by doing that, it just it really opens things up because they're not used to people saying that. And mm. with, with that mindset of giving back and helping others, everything else will take care of itself. Mm. So when you can go in there, have a great interview and go, hey, so how can I help you? And the reason I bring this up is, Eric, you, you did the same thing after our first interview. Like, hey, how can yeah. I help you? Yep. And that different <laughs> mindset just makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think, I don't know how many years ago it was, you know, in the beginning, I was reading all of those other things like Tim Ferriss and how to become a millionaire. And the, the one that really resonated was help a million people and you'll, doesn't matter, you'll be a millionaire in any currency, just help a million yeah. people and they'll help you. And uh, so I started out with one of those help sheets, you know, I just, I, just, I just started tracking how many people I helped. And I should probably get back to that, actually. I, I, I haven't done that for a while, but you're right. Yeah. Help people. And, uh, Analytics. yeah. So, um, what's on the horizon for you? Any next projects besides the summit? We just talked about the summit, right? But what else is on the horizon for you? The summit, uh, probably end up wrapping up another book this year. I went to Maui early this year, so I need to write that book mainly for the tax break. 
So nice, nice. get that sucker taken care of for my taxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Perfect. Then, um, we are doing our second business book. So we just opened up enrollment. And for this book, we're going to launch it 2020. We're going to go for 100 people on this. So okay. it's going to be fun. It's the last time we're going to do it at the price point too. What we do is for anyone that wants to be in the book, it's $197. Mm-hmm. And this is the last time that we're going to offer that. We're actually going to be raising the prices for future books. But it's just such a great opportunity for people to get the experience of sharing their story. 500, 750 words, anything that they've learned. Uh, we had people that wrote about investing in people. To, uh, we had one young lady, an eight-year-old, actually wrote a story about um, how she was in England last year and somehow delivered a scone to the Queen of England. So that was pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, my own mom was in the book. She she's born in England. She actually did a chapter about <laughs> surviving World War II. Because nice. she was in Hull, Wethersy area, where a lot of the Germans did bombing raids. Yeah, uh, we had people talking about developing business, building relationships, social media marketing. But the main thing was people had the opportunity to share their stories. So I'm really yeah. excited about um, opening that book up again and potentially talking to people about getting their story out there. Because the nice thing is, you don't necessarily have to have what I call a book book. You can just do a chapter, get a taste for it. If it's a fit, it's something we can explore in the future. So excited about that. Uh, the summit, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, we've always got projects going on. We've got a couple more book launches coming up over the next month. We did three launches last month. So it's just, uh, you know, nice. running and gunning. Nice. Running and gunning. I love it. But um, let's uh, reiterate that again. So you're saying this is the last time. So where can people sign up for the business book? What's it called? So what you can do is actually go to... Um, getpublishedsystem.com mm-hmm. or you can go to getpublishedpodcast.com on the site there is a tab that says business book info and all you need to do is click on that you can check out the information uh, there's actually this really awesome group picture of all of our authors from Texas Live that were at the event so that was pretty cool we've added that in there just tells you about it there's also I think at least 10 to 12 testimonials from those that are in the first business book. So you can see that we had people from all walks of life. We had financial experts, we had insurance people in there, we had sign designers, we had social media experts, videographers, you name it, we had it. We had attorneys. So it's really a good opportunity to take a look at it, see the value, and uh, see if you actually wanna finally get out there and take the plunge and get published. It's a awesome. great way just to get started. Um, there's an option there, you can set up a strategy session with me, we're going to talk a little further, or if you're convinced, you can click on it and start immediately. And it's a really easy process. You can literally finish your chapter in under 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. one of the methods that we utilize is the Rev audio recorder, where yeah. we can actually get on the phone. We can actually help you speak out the chapter in under 10 minutes. We will get it transcribed, have it edited, send it back to you for approval, and it's done. And the reason I'm saying that is that's what we did for many of our clients with this business book, the one that we just launched, and it really is super easy to do. So if you have a story, we would love to help you share it. Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What is then the name of the finished product? So our first one is called the Get Published Business Book. Mm -hmm. This one is also going to be called the Get Published Business Book Volume 2. Okay, cool. Get Published Business Book book volume two awesome awesome what was the url again for that website so you can either go to getpublishedsystem.com 
mm-hmm. or you can go to getpublishedpodcast.com. Um, they will both redirect you to the main page. And there is a tab on there that you'll see that says business book invites. Just click on that and you can check out our information. Uh, cool thing about our website. You can also check out our podcast. Uh, we do give away one of our books for free on there. So you can get a free digital copy of mm-hmm. our get published book that was out about a year and a half ago. We just completed the second edition for it. And then um, you can just find out more about what we do and how we can help you. Awesome. How about one more question? What's your number one tip for beginning authors? The main thing is this, take the first step. And I know that sounds very basic, but it's the (laughs) truth. Yeah. A word file, start typing up an outline, and then choose the one talking point on there that you're the most passionate about and you start talking about it. So I don't even say do it chronologically. Find the one talking point that you want to come up with and I said this before, you want to have at least 10 talking points for your book mm-hmm. and come up with the one that you're the most passionate about, start writing. Mm-hmm. That's really my main advice. Just start writing. The creative process will kick in. Yeah. Awesome, it's Paul. Thanks. Started. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, I, guess, I guess we're nearing the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Are you there? I am. Are we done? Yeah. Thank you very much. And it's been real. And I'm going to hit the button now. Okay, my friends. If you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week. So there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.